From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains Live. Well, the reckless spending continues as Congress debates a new continuing resolution here in Washington, D.C., I think the American people are pretty fed up with Washington's reckless spending and their radical policy agenda. Unfortunately, this CR is going to perpetuate that. On this episode of Heritage Explains Live, we're talking with research fellow here at the Heritage Foundation, E.J. Antoni. He is the man on these issues. He's going to break down everything, and we're going to examine just all that's in this CR and what the future looks like if it's passed. John Pop, roll that interview. Well, Heritage Explains, EJ, it's what we are, and we are live. I'm Tim Desher, and I'm so glad to be with you this afternoon. We're, we're picking up the, uh, the pieces here in D.C., you know, the powers that be in this imperial city of Washington, D.C., continue to propose ideas that will inevitably take us deeper in debt and perpetuate a culture that prolongs the devastating inflation we're all experiencing, all of us are experiencing it. Now, this week, Congress will begin debating a continuing resolution to fund the government through mid-December, just a couple months. Now, this is gonna be funding for Ukraine, uh, emergency spending for COVID, and also to allow the process and release of tens of thousands more illegal aliens into this country. <laughs> now, this is a grab bag in more ways to spend tax dollars. And then if we can't get taxes for it, we're just going to print the rest, I guess, EJ. Uh, and um, if this passes by September 30th, now this, is this is important. This sets us up for a spending showdown in the form of a harmful omnibus. That means bring everything in. This is the big bill we always talk about in December. So EJ, uh, thanks for being us with us. Uh, EJ Antoni is a research fellow here at Heritage. He does a great job analyzing the economic policy. I guess mishaps and, and, and awful economic policy stuff that is happening constantly here in DC. Man, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, okay, just start us out here. I, I want in the simplest form, to you set the stage for what a CR continuing resolution is. We kind of alluded to it up to the top, but just go a little bit deeper, not, not too deep, but, but just enough for us. Tim, this is basically just Congress saying, we're not gonna address any of the substantive problems we actually have in the budget. We're just gonna kick the can down the road. We're gonna do a temporary spending measure that's only gonna cover us for a really little bit of time, and we're not gonna address any of the actual concerns. It's a lot like a person who's spending more money than they take in, and they're racking up credit card debt, and they just decide, oh, I'll just pay the minimum monthly payment one more time. Yeah. Right? You haven't actually addressed any of your fundamental budget problems, mm -hmm. and you're, you're just making it that much worse down the road when you finally do go to address those things. Yeah. And of course, they're going to make the argument that, well, we have to do this. You know, we have this, this uh, COVID emergency that's happening that we've got to continue to fund. But EJ, and I'll just let you, you take this here, but, but last time I heard, I mean, I, I saw President Biden saying the pandemic's over. Exactly. So, so, what, so what are we, you know, so billions of dollars more what is, why, why keep perpetuating this state of emergency? 
Well, because if you have a state of emergency, it allows you to do things that you can't do when there's not a state of emergency. Okay. And I mean, look at so much of what uh, not just the Democrats, but even some of the Republicans, frankly, did during this COVID emergency <laughs> was stuff that they were advocating for before the COVID emergency, right? It, it is so reminiscent of what FDR did in the New Deal. Wow. His long list of programs were all things that he wanted to do before the Depression happened anyway. That was just the excuse. Yeah. Hey, also, the other top line thing that we're seeing is funding for the war in Ukraine. Now, of course, you know, we can spend and help uh, support military efforts there. Um, it's, it, you know, it seems to be working. It seems to be, you know, helping out a lot. But there's a whole lot of other funding within that bucket of Ukraine funding that, that doesn't seem to have any accountability attached to it. Is that, is, is, I mean, is that the case? Well, I don't care if, the, if we're talking about money going to Ukraine or literally any other foreign country. Mm. I want accountability. Yeah. And right now there is zero accountability when it comes to this funding in Ukraine. So once again, it is just throwing good money after bad because we have frankly no idea where this money is actually going yeah we're going to keep opening uh, up the conversation here folks but please get your questions into us we are live that means if you type it in we're likely going to get to it uh, i got this uh, handy dandy uh, uh ipad here or tablet um and and they they send me the questions live so if you have one get it to me and i'll make sure to have ej answer it for us because there's a lot going on here there's a lot of confusion and part of the reason we do this is to make sure that you are on the same page and you know exactly how to push back and to talk about it ej i want to talk a little bit about um just just the narrative coming out here in in dc you know inflation's super high uh, we hear the White House talking about how, you know, hey, we're, we're doing better. We're coming out of it. Well, I've seen numbers that, that completely contradict that. And this spending that continues to happen, setting us up for even more spending in mid-December, what is that going to do to inflation? This is a perfect example of the, the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. So as Congress and the president continue to pour fuel on this fire and continue to spend, they're making it that much harder for the Fed to get inflation under control. Hmm. And so as they continue with these massive, massive deficits, right, that forces the Fed to use higher and higher interest rates to have the same effect on inflation. Yeah. In other words, we are just throttling this economy towards recession. Yeah. What, what, I mean, how high is high, you know? How high is uh, a high interest rate? What are we talking about here to fix, you know, trillions of dollars of increased spend, potentially trillions of dollars in increased spending. Well, I mean, the last time we had inflation this hot, yeah. you had the key Federal Reserve interest rate, which now is, is less than three and a quarter percent. Back then, 40 years ago, it was in double digits. Oh my so by, by no means are we anywhere near a worst case scenario yet. So double digit inflation, that's more expensive mortgages, more expensive car payments. Well, even even what, without what, even without the inflation, just what we're looking at now with these interest rate hikes, yeah. mortgages that you just mentioned. Yeah. I mean, your monthly payment has gone through the roof. It's basically hmm. doubled wow. since Biden took office because of these huge interest rate hikes. I'm not even talking about just the the value of the home, the price of the home going up, yeah. but just the fact that the interest rate has now doubled. Hmm. has caused monthly payments to explode. And the, the poor people who got into these variable rate mortgages are going to be in a world of pain when those rates kick in. Yeah, we have a, uh, a an audience uh, contribution, Todd on Facebook. Todd, thanks for watching. <laughs> he says, how about we actually pass a budget? You know, that thing that is required by law? 
What a, what a novel idea, right? But, you know, it's, it's so much easier to just do all these continuing resolutions. And, you know, my dad always told me timing in life is everything, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Look at the timing of what they're trying to do right now. They want a CR just until after the midterms, but not when the new Congress takes power in January. In other words, they want to make sure that when they force this omnibus through in December, that they don't have to suffer any political ramifications from it. Yeah. Because if they were to do this today before the midterms, it would raise holy hell among the electorate. Sure, yeah. And it, of course, it continues to to um, chip away at the the Inflation Reduction Act narrative that is supposedly supposed to decrease inflation. But as we know, we have the student loan thing coming um, where they're basically just shifting student loan. They're not canceling it. They're shifting it to us taxpayers. We're going to have to pay for that. And then they're proposing all this other spending. I got to imagine that offsets the Inflation Reduction Act. More than. <laughs> more than. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. And, and again, if you look at the budget, there are so many places where you could cut. I mean, it's, it's, it's an absolute joke, right? Wow. Yeah. And so when, when they talk about, uh, we want to increase funding for Project X, Project Y, whatever the case may be. I mean, who knows? Maybe that is a, a very good cause. I have my doubts, but, yeah. but maybe, right? Right, right. If you really want to do that, why can't we just force you to simultaneously cut somewhere else? Just just find the waste somewhere else. Right. And, and if you actually were to just follow that simple procedure over time, you would end up with a relatively healthy budget, whether it's large or not. Now, I remember a few years ago, President Obama was touting PAYGO. Meaning, if you're going to spend something, you have to find a way to pay for it. You pay as you go. And uh, that doesn't seem to be the narrative of the, uh, the, the liberals here in D.C. anymore. We have a user on, on Getter, and, and I love, folks, thank you so much for watching. We know that you're out there on Getter. A lot of you are there. We really appreciate you, you doing that. Uh, it says, SCOTUS is the highest court in the land. Can they step in and shut this garbage down? <laughs> you know, that's, that's a great question. Un Unfortunately, we have had, I, I, I don't know how, how to put it, a, a very bizarre um, set of legal circumstances, I feel like, and, and mm. some equally bizarre legal outcomes yeah. over the last few years over, over issues like standing, sure. where people have been denied a, a right to sue, for an example, because they were unable to, to demonstrate how they were actually harmed by mm. what, whatever thing was in question. That's, e a, that's a huge point, yeah, yeah. You know, even, even when it, it seems pretty self-evident, right? That, that and anyway, the, yeah. the that point That I can't is, afford my steaks at the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the, the fact that, uh, that so much of what is happening is, is legally dubious, mm. I think speaks volumes about the people in power right now. Absolutely. Uh, folks, we, gotta, we, we, we just thank you so much for watching. We have questions coming in all over the place. That means we're going to be here a while. These questions keep coming because I'm not letting you go. EJ, you have this stuff on lockdown. Uh, we have a, a YouTube user. And this is a good question. This goes to the narratives. This goes to the strategy. We, wanna, we, we don't just want to complain here. It says, how do we get government to lower spending and lower taxes on the lower middle class. I would say lower tax on everybody, but but I'll, I'll, we'll just leave that question as it is. How sure, do we sure. get that? Yeah. You know, it, it's a great question. A lot of times we think we need to send the right people to DC. Yeah. And, and to a certain extent that's true, but it's largely not. Mm. It doesn't matter who you send to DC, you just need to make sure it's politically profitable mm. for them to do the right thing. Because I don't, I don't care if it's McCarthy, if it's Pelosi, any of them, if it's politically profitable enough, they will do it.
right? And so you have to not only vote someone into office, you need to keep the political pressure on them to continue to do what you want them to do. Because mm -hmm. as soon as they sense that they can get a better deal elsewhere, they'll take it. We, we sometimes forget that the same incentives that, incentives that operate uh, within us in every aspect of our lives also operate in politics. Yeah, and we, we have another uh, uh, user on Getter saying, all of America is suffering from the bad decisions. And I think, EJ, I think that is catching on. I think that that also goes to how do we deal with this? You know, you know we can sit here all we want and tell, talk about how bad things are and what the numbers are saying. But until, you know, until this, this pain hits home, and it is hitting right now, um, that's going to be the great, uh, I think, the great awakening that, that we, we need to see. Uh, folks, we're, we're continuing here with EJ and Tony, great expert here at the Heritage Foundation, tracking all of these issues. We are live, so if you've got questions, please get them into us. We see them coming in here. Um, EJ, I want to I talk to you about, about something that, that um, you know, we've, we've heard talked about here in D.C., which was the deal that uh, Senator Manchin made for, you know, for, for streamlining, making things more streamlined, you know, it would really benefit, um, it, supposedly it would benefit, you know, energy production, mm -hmm. you know, m he may have just set us up for more failure. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about, was that intentional? Was that um, a way of getting to more of the left's green energy uh, agenda? How do you see that? I, you know, I don't know if, if Manchin just got fooled or railroaded or if, if he is complicit in the conspiracy. I mean, who, who the heck knows, right? Yeah. It's uh, how the sausage gets complicit made, Complicit in right? the conspiracy. I yeah. mean, tr yeah. truly, because yeah. how many times has that man gotten up to a microphone, said one thing, and then turned around and said something totally different to right. somebody else? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. honestly, who knows what goes on in, the, in that man's head, if anything at all. Yeah. But the fact is that what they're now trying to do is going to force coal, oil, and natural gas to pay for the new distribution networks for solar and wind. So once again, you're just shifting the cost, right? Okay. You haven't actually reduced the cost of these so-called green energy technologies, right? All you're doing is you're forcing reliable sources to pay for the unreliable ones. Yeah. And you're literally going to cause West Virginia, one of our great energy exporting states, mm. to have to start importing its energy from the state of Virginia. Yeah. Wow. It's It, it really... It really is, as you said earlier, the gas on the already blazing fire that continues to be perpetuated out of here. Okay, this is a good question. Um, we, we've, we've sort of covered it, but I want to I I just hit it again because uh, a user on Getter is saying, how can people really hold reps accountable to hold up the Constitution outside of voting? Are there ways that our representatives can, can hold accountable the spending, can hold accountable D.C.? You know, maybe maybe um, uh, reviews or hearings. I, I I don't know. I'm just wondering um, if if we can get into a little bit of holding more accountable, other than you know voting out of office. <laughs> sure. Well, but I think I, I I really don't want to diminish that. And sometimes what we need to do though is yeah. we need to complete other processes to make that happen. Hmm. So it's not just enough that I go out and vote. It's not just enough that that I write my congressman, senator, et cetera, right? And, and especially local government too. Let's not diminish how important local government is. Yeah. But it's just as important that I go out and I educate my fellows as much as I can hmm. so that they do the same. And sometimes that can have much more of an impact yeah. than me just doing it by myself. If I spend an hour writing a congressman versus spending an hour convincing a dozen people to do the same, hmm. which is going to have more impact? Right. 
And, and the other thing is because our educational establishment, not all education, but the educational establishment in this country has completely failed yeah. the populace, it's also imperative that we help educate our fellows as well. Hmm. Talk to me a little bit more about this continuing resolution. You know, we talked about the emergency, quote unquote, emergency spending for COVID. You know, we're talking about um, the uh, about Ukraine spending uh, for their for, for their defense. Um, I'm wondering, I know that I saw a little line item here to help fund activity at the border of what's going on. Now, is that something where that's going to help uh, solve the border crisis that's happening, or is that additional fuel on the fire? What, what, what is going on there? You know, it, it's amazing how if these people were intentionally trying to destroy the country, I don't know what they would do differently. Yeah. I truly don't. No, this is, this is doing absolutely nothing to solve the border crisis, which they created. Yes. Right? This is literally giving them more money to do more of the same, hmm. to get more illegal aliens further into the country. But you'll notice, not to Martha's Vineyard, right? <laughs> not to New York City, not to Chicago. No, they would rather send them to, you know, red states or red areas within any colored state, right? Yes. They don't want it, they don't want it in their backyard, interestingly enough. Yeah, it says uh, it's it's an additional one point, almost one point eight billion for refugee and entrant assistance. You know, I, I just wonder the, the, the all that's included. The euphemisms yeah. are just—I mean, can could we get any more Orwellian? Yeah, and we know than this administration, right? And we know a lot of the people coming to this through the southern border are claiming refugee status, whether or not they they are or whether or not they aren't. They are claiming refugee status, which means I guess we're funding that or that behavior a little bit potentially. Sure, you know, I, my my friend Art Laffer often says that if you subsidize something, you will get more of it, yeah. and that's and that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing here. Yeah. And please explain to me how a refugee a refugee from South America or someone who's claiming refugee status, right? But they're from South America and they wandered all the way up through Central America and Mexico and somehow they can't get asylum until they get to America, yeah. until they get to the United States. I mean, how is this not a huge red flag? Yeah, we have a, a YouTube user that is that is pretty up in arms about this. And, and thank you for contributing. I'm, I'm just gonna say, take care of Americans with America's money. Why do we have any vets on the streets homeless? Uh, they should be first in line anyway. You know, there are dozens of vets, literally, this, this is true, dozens of vets that commit suicide every day. How is it we send a single dime overseas before taking care of our own here in America? It's, yeah, reprehensible, really, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. And we see it. I mean, just, just walk outside of the, the, the Heritage Foundation where we're at right now. We see it all over the place, and this culture is perpetuated by the leaders in charge. And, uh, and again, I think that A word, accountability, continues to burn, which is really what we're doing here right now. So EJ, give us just a little bit of, a, cast a little bit more of a vision for where we, what we need to look out for. Let's say, let's say they pass this, this goes right through, sets us up for mid-December, the big omnibus. What are, we, what are we looking for in the interim? And what are we, what is our task in holding accountable? Uh, unfortunately, if they get this through and then they get to ram another piece through, obviously the big piece, like you yeah. said, in, in December, it, it's gonna be very, very difficult to stop it. Yeah. And so one of the key things there is going to be trying to figure out what all is in this, this giant mess 
this giant piece of legislation, if you want to call it that. That seems a generous use of the word, but oh well. They're still not reading legislation over there, I Well, guess. You, we have to pass it so we can... Then we find out what's in it. Right, okay. right, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead, right. continue. I'm sorry to interrupt so, you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, just the, the, the insanity is mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, but basically, the key is going to be, can you peel off enough votes from the Democrat bloc and also not lose Republican votes? Because let's not forget, let's look at, look at the Senate, right? Yeah which for a lot of cases needs Republican support for different spending packages, other than reconciliation, right? Yeah. Republicans under Biden have been complicit in over a trillion dollars of extra spending. It's, it's a, yes, yeah. So again, it's, it really just goes to show that this is not about politics. Yeah. It's about policy and it's about holding people accountable, not just putting the right person in office. Yeah. And as we see with uh, the inflation numbers, with the interest rate hikes, look, you make, you, as, as I was always told my dad, good choices, good consequences. Bad choices, bad consequences. And I think we're seeing that play out here. EJ, I'm so, so glad to have you here. You're, you're going to become a regular on this, man. We're just going to keep turning the cameras on and, and tackling these issues as they happen. So I just wanted to thank you for giving us your time today. And, and folks, I, I want to thank you as well for tuning in. All of your questions, it, it really does contribute to the content portion of this program. As, as, as Rush Limbaugh used to talk about Open Line Friday, you yeah. know, this is Open Line Friday every single time Heritage Explains. So again, thank you, folks. And EJ... Awesome, man. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that's it. That's all. Heritage Explains Live is over. But if you want, you can hit that like button. You can share us with your friends and family. And if you want to see us actually record it live on video, It'll be posted in the show notes. I always link to it because we do it live on Rumble. We do it live on Getter and on, on YouTube and on Facebook. It's a great opportunity to see us in person, and we love it. We love interacting with you, so thank you so much for being a part of each episode. We'll catch you on the next one. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Descher with editing by John Pop.